0: Last week, we began a series called Be Blessed. This word blessed has different meanings. For much of the world, it just means that when something good happens to you, whether it be big or whether it be small, you feel like you're blessed. Like someone will win a free donut at Tim Hortons on the roll up the rim, and they'll take that little tab and they'll post it on Facebook with the hashtag, hashtag blessed. Blessed. In the Christian world, blessed means so many different things It's to some extremes that are dangerous. In some churches, they've defined this word blessing to mean God wants you to have a BMW or God wants you to have a vacation home in the tropics. But last week, we defined what the word blessed really means. We looked at Psalm chapter 103, where David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then David, who wrote the psalm, lists the five benefits of being a follower of Jesus. And he says that God forgives our sins, heals our diseases, redeems our life from the pit, crowns us with love and compassion, and satisfies us with good things. God gets to define what those good things are. He's a God that wants to bless us with those good things. And if you missed last week, we talked about this thought process of being all in. Not half in, not lukewarm, but being all in. In the same way that your benefits program at work is reserved for those that are full-time employees... There's something to be said about the benefits of of God being available to those who are full-time in their pursuit of the things of God, being all-in. So my challenge for you last week is, despite what's happening around us, despite the current circumstances, that you are willing to go all-in in in your faith. And if you do, you're going to experience the blessing of God in your life. In order to do that, though, you need to be all-in all year. I challenge you to be all in in your relationship with God. Not just for a season, but you determine that this year I'm going to pray more than I've ever prayed. I'm going to study God's word more than I ever have. I'm going to be more generous with the blessings that I've been given. I'm going to serve to the best of my capabilities. I'm going to seek out opportunities to be an answer to someone's prayer. You're all in all year. Now, Let's admit, 2020 may have gotten the best of you, but you're determined that 2021 is going to be where you're all in and you're going to see what God does if you are. Today, I want to look at a principle that I believe is the one of the keys to unlocking the full blessing of God, and that's the principle of honor. Now, to explain that, let me ask this question. How many of you like going to the doctor? okay. I think it's safe to say no one does. How many of you don't mind going to the doctor? Like you kind of like expired magazines. I hate going to the doctor. And I can give you a bunch of reasons, but the real reason is I'm just a big baby. So I avoid going to the doctor at all costs. In fact, if something's wrong with me, my favorite prescription is the prescription of time. Let's just see if it goes away. And I realize that's not really a good habit, But but a number of years ago, I had a shoulder injury, and I got that injury from diving headfirst into a base in baseball. And apparently, I tore a ligament. So, after some diagnosis, I met with a surgeon that said the best course of action was to get it fixed. I thought, maybe it just needs more time. But apparently, that was not the case. It wasn't gonna fix itself. But What that meant was, I would have to have my arm in a sling for at least eight weeks. The hardest part was this. I don't know about you, but I'm a side sleeper. And, and now I was going to have to sleep on my back, which I hate sleeping on my back. That was the toughest. So for the first week, I had to sleep in a recliner chair. And, I, and honestly, I just, I couldn't sleep. I, 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 no matter how hard I tried, I just could not sleep. And because I was got, I got no sleep, I was so tired. And as a result, my, my immune system just plummeted and I ended up with pneumonia. So here I am, I'm now in this sling, and I've got pneumonia. And it didn't just go away with time, so my doctor gave me an antibiotic to clear up the pneumonia. But here's my other problem. It sounds like I've got lots of problems. When the doctor gives you the pill, that gives you a bottle of pills, they usually say take this throughout the entire course until until it's done. I have this tendency to take the pills until I start to feel better, and then I just kind of throw them away. And so that's what I did. I took, these, I took these pills and like two days later, I started to feel better. I was like, oh, I don't need to do this anymore. And a couple of days later, I got sick again. The truth is you will never get the full benefits of the medicine that's prescribed to you unless you fulfill the requirements of that medicine. In the same way, there are many Christians who want the full benefit of following Jesus, but they don't want to actually take the full prescription of what he has for us. Let me show you. The Gospel writer John. And we, we looked a couple about a month ago at extensively at, at John's Gospel. But he also wrote three other books in the New Testament. And they are aptly called 1 John, 2 John, and that's right, 3 John. In the book of 2 John, John's written this book, and he's in his 90s when he writes this. He's an old man, but older people have so much to offer if we're actually willing to listen to them. They've got this incredible perspective, they've got this life experience that allows them to offer wisdom that you can't get from anywhere else, if you will listen. And so John says this in 2 John chapter 1, verse 8. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. And so John says, be careful you don't lose what you've worked so hard for. We all know that a bad decision can do a lot of damage. And so John says, watch out that you do not lose what you worked for so that you will be rewarded fully. And John's saying there is a reward to following Jesus, but he uses this word fully. And this word is loaded with implication. It implies that God wants to reward us, but that there, there's a way to maybe not get the full extent of the reward of following after Jesus. So what does it look like to get the full reward of what God wants for us? I believe that one of the keys to unlocking the full reward or blessing of God is this principle of honor. If you live your life to bring honor to God, you live your life to bring honor to other people that are around you, you will experience incredible blessing. Honor means to treat people or our things as valuable or worthy or weighty. It's to see others as valuable. The, the opposite is dishonor, where you see things or people that are valuable and you treat them as if they're just common. It's like, it feels like in this, this current climate that we live in, honor may be in actually at an all-time low. I mean, people are so divided. And I've noticed that people don't just attack a person's viewpoint. They tend to attack the person in the process. You just have to be online on any sort of Facebook group to see any of this. You just need to be at a coffee shop to hear, hear any of this. We go on rants about our government or other people in charge that we don't agree with. And in the process, what we do is we dishonor. And often it's done from behind a keyboard where we say things we would never say to a person face to face. You choose what you do with your words. You can honor or you can dishonor. You can tear a person down or you can build them back up. And when you choose to use your words to dishonor someone, you grieve the heart of God. For those of you that are a parent, think about the anger that boils up within you when you overhear someone tearing down your child, verbally attacking their character. See, if God created all mankind, considers each person his child and loves them dearly, can you imagine the pain he feels when he hears, when he hears you use your words to tear down someone and dishonor them? Honor is a massive deal. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus is out and about, out about and He's healing people. And his reputation is growing by the minute. People are hearing about the incredible miracles all over. And in verse 1, it says, Jesus left that part of the country and returned to his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Now let's pause there for a moment. This word "amazed" in its original language doesn't actually mean what you think it does. It it, it wasn't like, "Wow, this guy's awesome! I, I can't get enough." They they weren't in awe. It was more like, "Huh? I know this guy." It, I grew up with this guy. How is he doing these things? They, they asked, where did he get all his, this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? See, instead of treating him with honor, they were beginning to dishonor him. Verse three says, they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. The son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and they refused to believe in him. So he's back in his hometown, and they're, just, they're not having it. They're like, this is, this is Jesus. You know, that Jesus, the, the one we all grew up with, he's not a prophet. It's just Jesus. And so they judge him. And then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere, except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. Then look at verse 5. Verse 5 says, and because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. See, it says he could not. I mean, this is the this is God in human form. This is Jesus. He couldn't do any miracles. Why? Everywhere else he was doing all kinds of miracles, all kinds of things, and now he's in his hometown and it says he could not do any miracles. Well, the reason it's so bothersome, it's 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 because of this. Jesus, it it says Jesus could not. It doesn't say Jesus would not do any miracles. Because if that was the case, I could understand it. Because then it, it would be his own will. It would be him making the decision. But it says he could not. And the reason he could not is because there is a lack of honor. And it's so important for us to key in on that. They just, they couldn't believe. They could not, they would not honor him. But how we honor people is the key to waking up the full blessing. God, See, there, there are many ways in which we honor someone. We honor people with our actions, how we treat people. We honor people with our words, spoken or typed. We also honor people with our thoughts. Last week, we talked about the difference between iniquities and transgressions. Transgression is the outward appearance of your, or outward action of your sin. Iniquities is the inward version, the thought of sin. We also said that our thoughts are the breeding ground of our sinful actions. Well, in the same way, true honor begins in your heart, makes its way to your mind, and then is expressed through your words and through your actions. I want to show you in Scripture this idea of honor in our thoughts. In the book of Luke, Jesus was doing miracles, and people, once again, people were flocking to him. He had a huge following, and word got out suddenly that Jesus that Jesus was in town and suddenly he was surrounded by curious onlookers and sometimes desperate people. And this was just through word of mouth. When Jesus traveled, this is the word just got him just by word of mouth. Can you imagine if there was Twitter? Well, Luke chapter 5, verse 17 says, One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that there were these men were, were Men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and they took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Let's pause there for a moment. It's funny because whenever I read this story... I can't help but think of this story from the viewpoint of the homeowner. You you have this beautiful home and you've just opened it up. You're like incredibly gracious and generous, and you're like, "Hey, everybody, come on in! Jesus is going to do some miracles here. I'm going to I'll open up my home, and everybody's marveling at your home. And and, and all of a sudden, as Jesus is in the middle and, he, and he's speaking, all of a sudden you see some dust coming off the ceiling, and then... Before you know it, there's sunlight peering in from your, from your ceiling and there's these four clouds digging a hole through your roof. And well, because when we read this story, it's so dramatic and we know that Jesus is going to perform this miracle and it's so awesome, but what about the homeowner? There's no home insurance in the Bible. Okay, that might just be me. I'm not very handy, so I'm just thinking of it from, uh, I would have to, after this was all done, I'd have to fix this. Moving on, verse 20, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the, to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. So he's paralyzed, and the first thing Jesus says is, your sins are forgiven. I'm not sure that's what he wanted to hear in that moment. He's like, okay, great, but I can't walk. Can you do anything about that? Verse 21, but the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, so they're thinking this, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Verse 22 says, Jesus knew what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? See, they haven't even said this out loud. So they're probably taken back and Jesus calls them out for their thought life and then he asks them which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk well it seems at first that saying that your sins are is forgiven is much easier because it's difficult to fact check I could say to anybody your sins are forgiven and how are you going to fact check that but to stand tell someone to stand up and walk well they're going to either stand up and walk or they're not. You can check fact, fact check that pretty easy. Verse 24, he says, So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with Great wonder and awe, and they praise God, exclaiming, "We have seen amazing things today." See, this is different than the amazed that we saw before. This is actually amazed. They are actually in awe of what they've just just witnessed. Many times in the Bible, we see the Pharisees when they, the religious elite, when they're speaking to Jesus, they do so often with attitude and contempt. But in this story, they dishonored Jesus without even saying a word. It's their thoughts that dishonor. I want to challenge you today to think about the things that you think about. I want to talk about how we go about honoring others with our thoughts and then finish with a very practical way in which to do that. We're going to look at three groups of people that Jesus instructs for us to honor. In the book of Matthew chapter 10, verse 40, Jesus says this, Anyone who receives you receives me. And anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. If you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you will be given the same reward as a prophet. And if you receive receive righteous people because of the righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. So if we do believe that there is reward and blessing tied to honor. Let's look at these three people that Jesus instructs us to honor. Let's begin at the end and then work our way backwards. He says that, that we need to honor the least of my followers. These are the people that in, in life that are below you. And, then, and that could be uh, in your, your power structure. It could be socially. It could be financially. It could be whatever. If you're a mom or a dad, this is your children. If you're an employer, this is your employees. If you're a parent, you have so much power to honor or dishonor your children. Your words are more powerful than you ever will imagine. You can literally build up or tear down a child. It amazes me how many grown grown adults, years and years later, they're, they're into their like 60s and 70s sometimes, and all they long to hear, it doesn't matter how old they are, all they long to hear is their father or their mother say, I'm proud of you. I, I know a kid, when I was working in the school system, and he was put into the foster care system at the age of four. And his mom had had some more kids and she couldn't handle him. He was a bit of a handful. And, and so she, she put him into the foster care system. Well, eventually she got him back into the family. And as he got a little bit older, he got into a little bit of trouble and she put him into foster care again at about the age of 10. A second time she got him back and then at the age of 15, she kicked him out of the house. Now, you would think this would cause an incredible amount of bitterness and hurt. And I'm sure it did. I'm absolutely sure of it. But I remember at the age of 16, he got his first job. And and he was so proud. And I remember I asked him, what are you going to do with your first check? Now that you've got your own money. And he said, I'm going to buy my mom a gift. I, I believe that despite all that he'd been through and all the hurt and all the pain, he so desperately wanted to hear her say that she loved him and that she was proud of him employers that show their employees honor and respect, studies have shown that they get way more productivity out of them. You can inspire someone to greatness or you can keep them down with words that will haunt them for life. Same thing with teachers. We all remember the teachers that saw something in us that maybe we didn't even see in ourselves. They inspired us. But we also remember the teachers that either with their words or their actions told us that they don't believe in us. We are to honor downward the second person Jesus says we are to honor is the righteous person. This is the person that I, I would call your equal when it comes to your social ladder. These are your friends. These are your coworkers. These are the people that God has placed in our lives. See, I think it's okay to talk about people behind their back. As long as when you do, you're building them up. I hope some of the things that I say about my friends, I hope that it gets back to them. I want people to know that I believe in them. I want people to feel like I'm cheering them on, especially in a world that wants to just cut the legs out from under you. I want to be known as a person who builds people. The third person Jesus talks about is the level up, these are the authorities in our lives. We are to respect and honor our authorities. This one has never been more difficult. And the reason why it's never been more difficult is because it, it seems like we've never known a time in our lives where the authorities are making decisions that, that affect us so directly in the way they are right now. And we all think that we know, if we were in that situation, how we would make these decisions, and we would do it better from our vast experience of leading through a pandemic. That's sarcasm. That's why there is a big difference when it comes to the two biblical words you can use when it comes to to relation to authority. Those two words are obey and submit. Obey means that you do what is asked, even if it comes with all the wrong thoughts and sometimes the wrong words. Submit is different. The biblical word submit means sub, which means underneath, think submarine, and then mit, the root word for the word mission. Submit means to come under mission of the person in authority. Let me finish with four areas of submission in your life before we end today. And this can be a bit challenging. Number one is we need to come under submission to civil authority. These are the political leaders over us. This is the prime minister, the premier, the MPPs, the mayor, this is police officers. Those that are put in authority over us. Now, if you're publicly trashing those that are put over you, either with your words or doing it on social media, I believe that you're actually robbing yourself of the blessing of God. How can you say that? Well, Romans 13:1 says this. Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Yeah, well, I don't trust them. I think they have ungodly motives. I get it. But it says that all authority is appointed by God. Let me say this. I don't agree with every decision our leaders make. Actually, I, I grieve some of the decisions that they make. But you can disagree with someone and still choose to honor them. I believe that God chose our prime minister to be prime minister. I have a lot of questions, a lot of questions, but I choose to honor those in that position. Why? Because there is blessing in honor, and I trust that God knows more than me. In fact, I'm banking on it. I choose to honor those that are in a position of authority. But so What if instead of trashing the government to everyone who will listen, what if you took that energy and spent it in praying for your government? What if instead of trashing the police officers, you sent some baked goods to the countless great cops that have dedicated their lives to your safety? Because there's so many of them. You and I get get to live our lives and, and use our words to either honor people or dishonor them. The question is, how do you wanna be remembered as someone who honored people or dishonored people? The second authority you should honor is your family authority. I hear people all the time talking poorly about their parents. My parents are idiots. They don't know anything. Sound familiar, young people? But if for no other reason, God used them to bring you into this world, that alone should compel you towards honor. I mean, if you look at the Ten Commandments, they're the first four about honoring God. The one right after that, before he talks about murder or adultery or stealing, is how you honor your parents. Be be known as someone who honors your parents, your grandparents, those that paved the way for you. The third area of submission is to social authority. This is your boss, your teacher, your coach. These are the people that God has placed In your life to have some sort of level of authority over you. See, when you show respect and honor to those in these smaller areas, arenas of life that God has placed over you, it represents God well. I remember a lady in my old church who was a teacher and she came to our church. And here's the reason why she came to our church because she noticed that the kids that showed her incredible amounts of respect time and time again had this one thing in common. They all went to church. I want to represent God well in the way I honor him and the way I honor other people. The fourth one is this, and this is probably the one that I'm most uncomfortable in teaching, but the Bible says we are to honor those in spiritual authority. See, everyone, I believe, needs a pastor in their life. I consider it an honor to, to have people that consider me to be their pastor I have people in my life that are my pastors. They're, they're the ones that I turn to when I need guidance or I'm just hanging by a thread. They're the ones I call when I need to celebrate as well. These are the people in my life that God has placed and and I've given them permission to speak some tough things. You need people that you've given permission to to guide you, to pray with you, to just be in your corner. The Bible says that there is incredible reward for a pastor for the sacrifices they've made, but there's also incredible responsibility that follows. In the same way, it also says that there is incredible reward for those that seek and honor spiritual authority. In everything that we do, we should give honor. From the government, to your parents, to your boss, to your spiritual authorities— May our actions, may our words, may our thoughts exude honor. See, if I asked those around you, those that knew you best, or even those that knew you somewhat, would they describe you as someone who lives a life characterized by honor? Or would they say that you are someone who is overly critical? See, honor means to treat people with value. When you choose to honor, it attracts the favor and blessing of God. When you speak words of honor over your spouse, a blessed marriage is not that far off. When you speak words of honor over your children, your family structure improves and your house becomes blessed. When you speak words of honor over your boss, over your coworkers, blessing follows. Try it. Try it. What would it look like if we were a church that was known far and wide by the way in which we honor other people, even those that we disagree with. Here's my challenge for you today, and then we'll close in prayer. Take 10 minutes today, 10 minutes, and think through every relationship that you can, and do a gut check. Ask God to search your heart And ask, am I dishonoring to anyone that God has put into my life? And then here's where the rubber meets the road. I want you to do what it takes to make it right. Because I believe that blessing follows honor. Let's pray. God, my desire is to be a person who chooses honor, chooses to use my my words, chooses to use my actions, but also, God, I to my, to my heart and my thoughts. May I honor people. May people know me as somebody who, who, who uses my energy and my, my, my words to honor others. God, I pray for uh, those that are listening today. They would take the 10 minutes and just have you search their heart for anyone that maybe they've said things about, dishonored publicly to other people. And then God, give them the courage. Give them the courage to make it right. Give them the courage to reach out and and fix what has been done. Even Even if the person doesn't know that they've been dishonored. Because God, I believe that when we do that, There's an incredible blessing that follows. We all want to live a blessed life. We all want 2021 to be blessed. But part of it is on us. In order to receive the blessing that you have for us, we need to do the hard things. And we need to live a life that's characterized by honor. Lord, we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.